Florida State has a great chance to make the playoffs, but if they want to do something when they get there, the passing game has to get better. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into another episode of Locked On Seminoles. I am your host, Brian Smith. Thanks for tuning in each and every day, enjoying growing this show and having a lot of fun with it. It's awesome that Florida State is 4-0, number five in the country per the AP poll, headed into an off week before they play Virginia Tech at home on the 7th of October. And in that time, it's a great way to operate your offense, your defense, and your special teams and fine-tune it, get the guys healthy. And to that point, all three segments today are going to be subpoints of one big theme, Florida State getting better in the passing game. If you listened closely to my open, talking about they have to get better to do something in the playoff, and you said, well, Brian, they just won because of a big passing play. That's just it. They hit some big ones, but they need more consistency and a little bit more dynamic with the variety of players and finally the playbook. There's a lot of little subpoints just to get like two, 3% better, they're going to, have to do a whole lot of things. When you get to that final end point to try to get a national championship, you're not going to get there with a lot of work sitting on the side. You got to go after it. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. So Florida State, I think right now they're a playoff team, but could they win games and win a natty? I don't think they would. This is what it's about. So LinkedIn Jobs is today's first sponsor. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, today's show, we're going to kind of break down Jordan Travis. We're going to discuss some of the things that go on within the passing game that I think some teams are going to take note of and try to make some adjustments. And that's why Florida State, you know, which wide receivers step up. I've talked about that a little bit. Still not seeing what I want. And I got a feeling, although they won't admit it in any press conference or anything else, you know, the weekly presser and all that, they're not going to. It's it's not going to be positive. So they're not going to talk about it. That's just how athletic departments work, head coaches work. But they got to get more diversified. And that diversification also leads into third segment the playbook. Florida State has been pretty basic in some ways. They haven't run a lot of trick plays, and I'm not saying you got to be Riverboat Gamble or Bobby Bowden to run your passing game. You don't have to do that, but I would expect a little bit of a expanding offense as the season goes on, because that's what most teams do, and I love talking about that stuff, so that's going to be segment three. All right, let's talk about the game-by-game progressions. For one, Mr. Jordan Travis, I'm just going to kind of read off some stats in the raw numbers there's good and bad, and it depends on how you want to look at it for whether or not Florida State is hitting their high-level high marks. I mean, yardage, pass yards per play, uh, touchdowns. There's a lot of different metrics you can go by, and I'll let you judge for yourself. Then I'll give my own two cents. First game against LSU, obviously Jordan Travis was on fire. 23 of 31, 74%, 342 yards, 11 yards per attempt. 
against the major power five. That last out there, that's that's the big one. Eleven yards of intent, four TDs, and the one one interception he threw early in the game that wasn't very good. Only fifteen to twenty nine against Southern Miss, but I knew they were they were not going to be that focused. Uh, I talked about that all week before that game. Still threw for one hundred seventy five yards and a couple scores. And since that pick against LSU, by the way, hasn't had any interceptions. The victory against BC, 15 to 25, 62.5%, 222 yards, 9.3 yards per attempt. That's pretty good, but they didn't make any of those clutch plays. And that's why these numbers can be a little bit off in the fourth quarter because they did not score in the fourth quarter of that game and won by two. A couple of touchdowns for Travis in that game. And then this game, they just completed against Clemson. 21 to 37, only 56.8%, but 289 yards, 7.8 per attempt, and two scores. And the absolute dime that he threw to Keon Coleman in overtime. I mean, you can't, to be honest, that's as good a throw as there's been in college football this year. Um, the numbers here are the things that I'm concerned about compared to what I like. Number one, Jordan can be very accurate in, in spurts. I've got another statistic sheet that I have per uh, stat broadcast that kind of goes through quarterback progressions, talks about the number of plays they hit in a row, et cetera. And he had a really good string against Clemson. One, two, three, four, five, six. He hit seven in a row in the second and third quarter. But then at the beginning of the third quarter, after he hit his first one, he kind of hit one, miss one, hit one, miss one. And it was iffy. Part of that, you got to give credit to Clemson. Part of it were routes. Part of it was pass protection. You got to remember, as I talked about on Sunday on that broadcast, Florida State has injuries up front, and I think it's hindering them. They're a little better at pass protection. They are run blocking, thankfully, or else this offense would be a complete mess. Uh, they only ran for 22 yards, so that's that's got to get better. But he only hit two, three, like three out of his last ten, but one of them was the bomb to Johnny. Uh, all of them were big plays. One was a 15-yarder to Johnny Wilson. Another one was a 25-yarder to Johnny Wilson. So if you're going to hit him, you might as well hit him big. You got to give Jordan credit. He is a uh, theatrical kind of guy. He just he just made money throws. He just made money throws. And that's the good news. The bad news is when you run as poorly as Florida State is, your passing game has to be more efficient which is almost an oxymoron because it's less likely to be. And that's what leads to the following. There is no shortcut. Just like I said on Sunday's show, they have to get healthier on the offensive line or they're not going to come close to getting to where they need to. You can't be in third down. Looking at this chart, second, there's third and 10, uh, second and 10, second and nine, third and nine pass, second and 10, a third and 10, fourth and 10, second and nine. They cannot run the football. And when they can't run the football, eventually that's going to bite you. You can't be in all these situations. That's why Jordan was struggling to throw in part because it was long yardage. If it is second and five and you can run RPO, Johnny Wilson and Jaheim Bell, Marcus and all these guys, there are going to be dudes wide open all over the field. Second and long, drop seven, drop eight, different blitz packages. It is a nightmare. These numbers are proof. Remember now. He is a sixth, not a fifth, a sixth-year senior. And he was struggling in these situations just to complete passes. And now, again, he hit big ones, and they were clutch, but he wasn't even completing 50% of his passes down the stretch when they were behind the chains because the running game was awful in the second half against Clemson. 
So that's something that has to change. And it's a separate part, but I have to mention it. The two work off each other. You can run to set up the pass and vice versa. But when one or the other goes dry, it hinders the other one at least a little bit in terms of consistency. So can Florida State do better in the intermediate while they're struggling to get guys back? That's debatable. But they have to do something. And we're going to talk about that in segment two, and that's finding different guys. Because, I mean, they're keying on Coleman and Johnny Wilson, and they're still making big plays. I'm not taking anything away from it. But if they're going to get to that point, the run game's got to be the part. As goofy as that sounds, it, again, they work together. It's, I've never spoken to an offensive coordinator that didn't want some sort of balance. I didn't ever talk to the Pirate. May he rest in peace. He's about the only guy that just openly said you don't have to have any. But I don't, I don't see – too many others. Um, with that being stated, the second one, I want to talk about a few of the guys that could be possibilities, but there's a bigger part of this that is often overlooked. And it's been used at the all levels, college and pro in particular. The screen game and getting the running backs involved a little bit differently and a little bit more. Florida State started to do that. There was even a great back shoulder throw to Trey Benson. That was a heck of a throw and a heck of a catch by a running back against Clemson. I think that might be a way they extend their running game a little bit because not only is the running back getting the ball, you're talking about somebody that's a very good football player. So if you get Trey Benson in space against the safety of linebacker corner, I like my odds because at worst, most times he's going to hit that person and go forward after he catches it. So it's, it's a big, big help. And I'd imagine that Florida State, just like anybody else, they want to get their playmakers as many touches, especially early in the game, to make it work because once they get into a situation where Benson's got, got lathered up a little bit, you get him in space a little bit, he's going to be more likely to make big plays. And that's just part of it. And I don't, I don't think that's really going to change at all. So um, last point, again, the second segment, this is very, very important. They got to come up with something to complement, and it could be tight ends too. Jaheim Bell. I don't think you can get him the ball enough. They've done okay at it. They still need to expand more, and the screen game might be a big part of that. All right, LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. I've had the opportunity to be on that website for years on both sides of it trying to find people, whether it's an intern or trying to find somebody that you can get to be a writer, somebody to do podcasting, to be scouting, whatever. Several of my friends in this industry, in the recruiting industry, they're on it. It's an easy platform to use and I highly recommend it. It's probably the most popular one in the world and certainly in the United States. And I think that it's something that everybody should at least consider because it's a great tool that I know I quickly use and I don't have the most patient. Simple tools. Screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of things that we need to figure out here in this segment. It's it's subjective. Segment two is subjective, but I'm going to start off with the screen game. And 
this is the one part that bothers me about the injuries. And I know it's not Florida State's fault. Just for those who don't know, the screen game is not friendly time-wise in practice. It is not friendly in terms of if you have players out and then they come in and they just mesh. It's not that way. You need everybody 100% healthy and rocking and rolling. Kind of hard to do that in the middle of a season, especially when you got a couple of linemen out. We don't know how banged up or how long Douglas would be out. Can he play? Can he play part of the game? It's not good when you don't have your center. But I think that's something they have to find a way come hell or high water. Florida State's screen game with the running backs, with the receivers, and especially with Bell, because he's just a football player. I don't really consider him a tight end, an H-back, or a fullback. He's just a guy to get the ball to. Whatever you want to call him at that point, uh, I'd rather it be you than not me that gets in front of him because that's a big man and he's very athletic. So they got to get these guys involved a little bit more. It could be just one or two more plays a game. But with Florida State's skill, one extra block here or there, and again, that's why the it takes forever to get the timing of these things down. But that can be the difference. They need to up their passing percentages on first and second down because the running game is so inefficient right now. They don't have much choice. Everything they do, and this is just one segment of it, Florida State has to get it going. And it also, again, the ultimate goal is to win the national title, right? Obviously, you start with you know beating your rivals, winning the ACC title, all that. But let's not kid ourselves. While Norvell won't talk about it, the only goal of Florida State is win the national title, period, end of negotiation. This is a part of it. And it's not like it's bad, but when you run for 22 yards, you're looking for any other way you can to supplement your offensive intake. Screen game's first thing. Gets the running backs involved, keeps them happy. And I'm sure at this point they're talking to people like, what's going on? We just ran for 20 yards. I had nowhere to go. I guarantee you there's some of those conversations going on. And I can't blame them. The running backs just got beat to bejesus because the O-line couldn't block anybody. That's not very friendly and it's not very much fun. So you want to keep them happy, get them the ball in space, the feel in particular. He's very elusive. And that's a part of it. But the bigger thing, like with guys that they have at tight end, not only blocking out on the edge, I think they can do a pretty good job with some short passes and even using the screen game. Like they go out, act like they're going to block and they run down the field. Like if you get Jaheim Bell 15 yards down the field and he catches the pass with the, some steam going, I don't want to be the guy in front of him. I wouldn't want to be trying to tackle him from the side either, to be honest, because he's very elusive. In Florida State's tight end room is, quite honestly, pretty much underrated. I, I probably underrated it, and I imagine that most did as well. We hear, we see here, I mean, like Morlock's got five catches for 57 yards. Douglas has the one catch for 42 yards and a score. And then you got Bell, 10 catches for 151 yards. He's about as unique a tight end as there is in college football because he can be a true fullback. You can play action to him and throw him in the flat. I'm surprised they haven't done that a little bit more down near the goal line, but they have tried to get into Paul running it, uh, little short passes, et cetera. They've, they've done some good creative things. The other extension off the screen game is, is this, and it's something I've mentioned in three or four other shows off the top of my head, at least somebody other than Coleman and Wilson has to step up and be a primary, not just like one or two passes, a primary focus in a game. So teams don't roll coverage to Johnny and Keon constantly. They're getting away with it because they're making circus catches and these clutch grabs, and that's great. But eventually, you're going to have an off game. They're human. 
You can't rely on the same two players all the way through. Bell is the, the is the third, and that's great, but they got the slot position has not been effective for Florida State. It hasn't. Whether it's down the field, short passes, or whatever, you have to hit some of those. And I don't know what the situation is with Winston Wright. I have no idea what it is with Destin Hill, but between the two, right now Wright has four receptions. Um, Hill has one. Uh, Jacobs, the freshman, has one. I mean, he fits that role very well. That's not getting it done. Whether it's Tofili moving out there or them just having a whole freaking extra session where they work on nothing but figuring out ways. I mean, they got Virginia Tech next. If they can't do it against Virginia Tech, it's a terrible sign. They have to get the ball to the slots. Teams are eventually going to figure out a way to all but eliminate one or the other of Coleman or Johnny on anything other than the jump balls. There's not much you can really do about those, but too much of Florida State's offense is based on down the field, big plays. It's not consistent enough. So that is something I'm very, very much concerned about. And to be honest, Florida State's one of the more unique teams in the country because of it. You don't know what you're going to get. I mean, at any point they could go three and out or they could score in one play. Sometimes they they move the ball down the field methodically. They'll get in a little bit of rhythm. Like I said, he hit seven in a row in, in the game against Clemson. It's very hard to figure out Florida State's passing game. But I guarantee you, if the Knowles do better with screens and the Knowles do better at finding somebody in the slot, not named Keon, not named Johnny, this offense will roll. Because that third guy, you can't double two, let alone three. And hardly anybody has two good corners, let alone three good corners. You're going to smoke teams if you find that guy at slot. And I know Florida State staff understands this. But they, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if there's injuries. I don't know what it is, but they're not focusing on it in the games. That's all I know, and the production is not there. So we're going to talk a little bit about expanding the playbook and some ideas to help that, as long, along with getting key on the ball more, et cetera, in a variety of ways. So these things play off of each other, and hopefully it can even help the running game because Ward only knows it needs it. So when you average one yard a carry, you're looking for any little piece of positivity you can um the last thing before we go into this think about the florida state teams in the 90s early 2000s all the way through 2013 etc when they won big the tight end secondary receivers etc would make big catches against top teams whether it was florida whether it was miami whether it was a national title game whatever that's why one of the reasons that i bring it up tradition to me means something and Florida State's got tremendous wide receiver tradition. Need to see more of these guys step up. And the tight ends, too. So we need to figure that out. Before I forget, on Fridays, every Friday, Locked On will go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on the every YouTube channel, including Locked On Seminoles, college football kickoff live. Playoff implications, injuries, big game matchups, all the different people that worked on the different locked on channels covering their teams bring you all the information on one show. Again, 11 a.m., 1 p.m. It is every Friday. It is a live show on YouTube. You can check it out. It will be downloaded and brought right up to you on this. If you want to watch it later, uh, it'll be downloaded on YouTube and you can check it out. I had insights on a couple of the different games, Clemson game, etc. It's a lot of fun, and to be honest, the analysts have some really interesting insights because they're working on the channel that co covers their team. So somebody that Florida State has coming up, somebody that Florida has coming up, Miami, uh, Georgia, whatever team you're just curious about, 
you're going to get inside tips on what's happening. 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. locked on college or locked on football kickoff live. So the uh, the last segment before we get into it, I have one more thing to talk about. That is Athletic Brewing, Athletic Brewing Company. Now time for your game changer of the week. Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Much like with the Super Bowl winning quarterback, Athletic Brewing Company is a brew you can count on. They're, they brew over 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beer, IPAs, golden sours, and more. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use Locked On to get 15% off your first online order. That's Locked On at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. All right. We're going to talk a little bit about the playbook and the things that go with it. Why Florida State needs to expand a little bit. And this is something that happens every year. You got to keep teams off balance a little bit, even if it's just one formation, a player moving around. They do different things because everybody watches film. They got 100 analysts in these football offices, Florida State included, and they just break down film and they look for an answer to get that one freaking play that changes the game. Look at it this way. Florida State gets the quarterback sack at the fumble of Klubnik and they pick it up and score. That's, I mean, it's not like you're drawing that up because defensively you can only do so much, but that's the difference between winning and losing. If Clemson goes on and scores on that drive, they punch it. There's a really good chance they beat Florida State. You're looking for an advantage in something. Clemson wasn't ready for what Florida State brought. Whether they knew what was going to happen, whether they exposed Moffitt because he's not a good pass protector and he makes errors, I don't know. But that's the kind of things you're looking for. And that's what we're going to talk about here. These are the three main topics. Expanding the screen game, I, I touched on on that. And then we're going to talk about, again, we got to find somebody to hit a play. And I'm, I've got an idea for that. And then finally, just broadening how they get the ball to Keon and Johnny. Reverses are possibilities for all these guys. I'm just going to mention that. I'm not a huge fan, especially with a guy like Keon, because he gets so much attention. But I am interested if they can do it with a slot or a reverse pass, something like that, just to keep teams honest. They are diving to the box to slow down Florida State's running game. And quite honestly, Clemson did a tremendous job. So let's talk a little bit about how they can use the screen game. I think Jaheim Bell in the backfield is one way to do it. Why do I say that? It's pretty simple. Not many linebackers can stay with him. So if he's in the backfield and they audible, Jordan calls an audible, he sees something, and they're in man coverage, how many linebackers are going to be able to handle him? It's probably just going to be straight up man in that situation in, in case instead of him being in the slaughter out wide or even detached, it's probably just going to be a linebacker. Could be a safety depending on who they drop down in the box, but I still like that because he's got a size advantage anyway. Now, as a blocker with a guy like, oh, I don't know, Bell blocking for anybody, doesn't matter to feel you, let's say, that's a guy that can get out in space and truly run, even though he's a big dude, and set it up. These are the kinds of little things that are been around forever. But if Florida State can find that one screenplay they haven't run yet, again, this is very important. It is not on film. That's what I'm talking about. Have not yet run it on film. You got you to gotta mix it up a little bit. There's nothing wrong with going bread and butter and everybody runs the look game and 
the glances and all that kind of stuff off the RPO flat out instituting something different to help complement that running game that I keep bitching about. And rightfully so they got to do it. Florida state needs to use bell as a part of that package. Also for the love of mankind, find a way to use screens in a multitude of ways to the slots. They got to get the ball. You have to take attention off of Keon and Johnny. The easiest thing to do would be screens. Now, those are two big receivers that I just talked about, too. If you're a DB, do you really want Johnny Wilson trying to block you? He's 235 or maybe even bigger. That's not fun. Use him as a weapon when he doesn't have the football. And Keon's 215, and it's not like he's a little fella. They need to find a way to get the slots to ball, and I think to Feely as well, and I'm fully aware. He fumbled against BC. It happens. You have to get him back on track. He didn't do much against Clemson either. You need Tofili if you're going to make a run at this. Whether it's out of the running back position, the slot, using him in motion, whatever, he's a good receiver. Get him the ball. He's an extension of your slots. Make it happen. Again, here's the key, though. Different play, different formation, repeat. Basically, they're going to be the same play. This is what everybody does. you got seven formations. You're running the same play, but to the naked eye, the defense probably isn't going to know it's coming. Now, there might be a couple of key guys that are really good and kind of figured out, but it's you're going to have at least a half-step advantage, and that can be the difference for a guy like Tufili catching the football and eventually taking it to the house. He's going to hit one on one of these short, short passes or short runs. He's elusive. I saw him play in high school, and we've all seen what he, he can do at FSU. It's going to happen. They just have to figure out what's best against each team. Here's a little interesting note to kind of finish up on. Off week, you're going to practice this stuff, but they also have Virginia Tech. Nothing against them, but they stink. Virginia Tech stinks. Florida State needs to be able to try out some of this stuff. And I know this is, again, they will never admit to this. You need to run some dummy plays. Even if you love it, maybe come back to it later in the year. Make other teams study and prepare for it, and then they don't use it again, meaning Florida State. In basketball, I know this happens all the time. Uh, as an example, a team that doesn't press much and they got a big game coming up, they'll show a press, run it one or two plays in a game, especially against an opponent that doesn't matter, just to make the other team prepare for it to waste their practice time. Don't kid yourself. This happens in college football too. And if Florida State is not doing that, the coaches aren't doing their job. This is something that's been around for 150 years. It ain't changing today. Final point before I wrap this up, they've got to come up with something that gets them some easy points with the running game being down. This is just open-ended. This could be a straight bomb. This could be a, a play that a running back on a wheel route. I mean, they got guys that can catch. I mean, their running back room at Florida State, you could argue, you could argue, Florida State's running back room is as good as it is in the country at catching the ball and doing something. That catch on the sideline, the back shoulder throw, great throw by Travis, by the way. That's a heck of a play. That's a running back catching it. It's not a tight end. It's not a receiver. It's not a number one or number two. That's a running back making that catch. Trey Benson was a dude on that play. If they can continue to do that, get them the ball, maybe they run some combination routes, maybe – I don't know, Rodney Hill, maybe it's Tofili, maybe it's a combination. They, they could go 22 personnel, bring out you know, the defense, puts in bigger guys because you got two running backs, two tight ends, and they go four wide doing some different things with one running back in the backfield, and you got linebackers 
in space with them. A wheel route, not many guys are sticking with Rodney or Tofili or something. They need to find ways to supplement that running game until they get some guys back healthy on their line and they gel. This is a way to do it. And, and also, let's just say the obvious. They're not going to talk about Jordan Travis, but you could tell in the game he was favoring his left arm shoulder area. This week will do him some good. I would do everything in my power to play him very little against Virginia Tech. The screen game prevents him from taking a ton of hits. It's very important. So everybody have a great day. I will have more stuff tomorrow. Thank you much. Please hit that like button, subscribe, and share this podcast, and please comment. Everybody take care.